Hello and welcome to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and fibre markets. My name's Olivia Agar. Thanks for listening into another episode. Last week, we had Eric Snodgrass on the podcast, giving us a pretty promising rainfall outlook for the months ahead. And for a lot of inland eastern parts of the country, they have already had some wild weather and a dump of rain. So with that in mind, we have good seasonal conditions and it's looking like a pretty good spring. And many producers will be thinking about taking advantage of that by trading livestock. Now, Angus Brown, who our subscribers and regular listeners will know, is one of our analysts based in Hamilton in Victoria. This week, he took a look at the trading opportunities for Merino Weathers, running a few different price scenarios, and he's joining us today to talk through those scenarios. But the market is more than just a story of rain at the moment, so he also shares his insight into the broader outlook for lamb demand and price. Before we get onto that though, so one of the interesting stories that came out of this week's markets was reported factory closures on the back of power shortages in China, which appeared to have stripped a lot of confidence out of the wool auction rooms in Australia this week. We had the Eastern Market Indicator lose 31 cents across the week and all microns ended the week lower, but it was also from a larger offering for sale. And for grains, the USDA released their quarterly stocks report last night. And as Nick Booth put in his market report today, sometimes the rumour has more heat than the fact, as there was a lot of speculation of lower stocks. But in actual fact, the cuts to corn and soybeans weren't as bad as expected, with corn stocks down 36% on last year, soybeans down 51% and wheat stocks down 18%. All right, that's it from me today. Enjoy the episode on what's ahead for lamb and I will pass over to Robert Herman and Angus Brown after a thank you to this week's podcast sponsor. Meridian Agriculture is a multidisciplinary specialist consultancy established by Dr. Mike Stevens. Meridian 16 consultants spread across six locations in New South Wales and Vic employ an evidence-based scientific approach to farming and a personalized manner with their clients. Meridian specializes in improving both financial and operational aspects of farming enterprises and guiding families through the often difficult transition of succession planning. Head to their website meridian-ag.com.au to learn more. So we're now looking, as you've said Liv, we're now looking at a very good seasonal conditions and even with the storms and rain that are around, floating around in New South Wales and uh, Victoria now, so a lot of people are starting to look at what can we do to maybe trade or add something to our business and uh, increase uh, the um, returns, taking advantage of the season. So we've had over the years, Angus has been, um, Angus, you've been really looking at this situation over the years and built up quite a, a bit of knowledge on it. And I'm talking specifically about these Merino weather lambs that come on the market from, uh, you know, the mid mid of South Australia and the Riverina, uh, they're, they're quite big lambs um, and there's an opportunity to trade them. And I know you take a pretty analytical view of it, which is good. Can you just talk us through a little bit about what you're seeing in terms of the price of these lambs and perhaps the outlook for a trade this year? Uh, yes, yeah, so I had a bit of a look through Auctions Plus um, sales last week and the, uh, they're actually... You know, they look relatively cheap, Merino weathers at the moment. I, they're pretty light. Like I think was, 
a couple of trades there, some reasonable lines of 28 uh, kilo live weight lamb selling for $120 to $125. So um, compare that to the, the price of crossbred store lambs at the moment, which is, you know, probably not nothing under $150. It's, it seems pretty pretty cheap. So, um, you know, I think from that end, from the, you know, the buy-in price end, it's looking quite attractive at the moment, but um, obviously there, there are reasons for that and, um, you know, issues with shearer shortages and, and um, you know, the, probably a bit of extra management in merinos and slower growth rates probably come into that and people not, um, not wanting to go that way and going for crossbred lands. But I reckon there's probably, um, you know, a bit in it this year. Um, for those prepared to, to have a go at, at Marina lambs, I know there's plenty of guys that do it every year. So it's, um, it's looking like a pretty good trade this year compared to, you know, if you've got grass to eat, yeah, Maria, weathers might be the way to go. Well, part of a deal, as you point out, is the, is buying in. And you're right, they do look like good buying. What's the outlook or what's the assumptions you've made in the outlook um, for for selling them? So, you know, what's the time frame that normally happens just to fill people in? And, and I might point out that you've you've really laid this out well in your article this week on Mercado talking about um, the um, Weatherland, so people can reference that. But just give us an overview of how you see that scenario playing out. So buying them, shearing them, finishing them, selling them, weights and price, that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. So I've, I've put in a pretty quick turnaround for these. Um, so lamb live weight buying 28 kilos and sell them at um, 22 finished, uh, which is a you know, 50, 50, three kilo lamb sort of thing, um, live weight. Um, so I'm sort of working on 200 to 220 grams a day, which is you know, a good growth rate for Merino lambs. But, you know, given the season, if, if you've got good feed, high protein feed, uh, they'll do that pretty, pretty comfortably, I think. Um, so that'll tip them out in January, uh, get, a, get a wool cut off them, three kilos, Probably, you know, you'd sort of be talking early December for that. Um, I used the 19 micron price, which is, you know, 1150 green, um, clean. But again, yeah, I mentioned in the article, if, you, if you're the finer, that adds a, adds a bit to the value because of the, the spread in, um, you know, spreading wool price for finer being a lot more expensive at the moment. But again, if they're broader, you know, it's a bit cheaper. So, you know, you really need to look at that when you're buying them in, sort of what, what's, what's the wool quality on them. And um, tipping them out at a price of, you know, I reckon seven fifty uh, to eight dollars in January, February is probably a, around where it'll be. But um, you know, we have been talking about supply, not supply gluts so much, but um, processing bottlenecks possibly in the spring, which might take a while to work through. And then if you, know, if you see that, then you might be back towards seven bucks. But Having said that, we're still well over nine at the moment and um, we're sort of hitting the middle of, getting towards the middle of spring. So, um, you know, it, there might not be that as many lambs out there as we thought. Um, so what you end up with is, that, you know, your gross income, no cost taken out of this at all, but, uh, you know, 205 is the, the middle, middle of the range, 194 to 216 is the range at those prices. And I think... Um, I think that's relatively low risk. Like, there's not a huge spread in the in the uh, gross income 
based on those um, based on those assumptions. So if there's not a huge spreading gross income, it's, it's probably a relatively low risk sort of option. Well, I think, yeah, and I, I agree with you there, Angus. I think um, you know that sort of you know around that two hundred dollars a head for a finished lamb. You know, forgetting about calculating it back to cents per kilogram and everything, it's something that we've seen achieved reasonably comfortably over the last couple of years. So, so that makes sense. Of course, um, if you're going to, uh, you know, and the outlook is pretty good for for lamb and and sheep meat and and red meat protein in general. But if you're going to be part of it, you've got to actually have animals. So this is a good example of how you can actually get into the game, whether, you, whether you're a cropper and don't have any animals, any sheep and cattle, and here's one way of doing it, or whether you're a, a livestock farmer and you've got that good season. So um, do you want to just give us a little bit of a summary of how you see the, the demand in a bit more detail, perhaps? You know, we're, we're making these assumptions, putting numbers on them, but there are a lot of factors at play, Angus, in... Uh, uh, in, in trying to figure this out. And I was just saying to the guys here yesterday, you know, I think it's a complex set of equations to try and figure out where these markets are going. It's not just all about rain now. It's, it, there's more to it. Oh, no, definitely. It's, um, yeah, I think part of the thing which has surprised me um, and, uh, you know, I don't think anyone saw prices as strong as they are in September has been the, um, the demand out of the US um, which competing with demand out of China and you know the, the, their issues with protein supply is pretty well document documented. Um, yeah, those sort of things clashing, and then there's the um, the shortage or not shortage, but a probably lower than normal supply of lambs coming out now, um, all tying in to see prices sort of at their yearly peak in September, which is you know I don't, I'm not sure we've ever seen that before. Um, so that's one thing which has been been a surprise, and it's um, we do expect lamps to come on and and push prices lower, but that export um, demand is something that will put a pretty good floor under the market, uh, providing they can get through the supply chain. And and by that, you know, we we talk about making processes being able to kill kill enough lambs because I don't think there's any problem with demand for the for the meat or sheep meat in general, but um, getting the getting the lambs converted from lambs to, to sheep meat might be the where the issues come up. And I know we haven't seen that yet, and we've been talking about it for a long time. But it is is something that um, we always look at. The, the fewer lambs being killed now generally means there's more later. But balancing that out is the fact it's a good season, and there'll be people that aren't there's no one under pressure to sell stock at the moment and that's part of the um part of the thing that's keeping the keeping the job pretty strong at the moment yeah that's uh, and that's a really important point angus you're right because if we go back to 2018 2019 at this time of the year we had real pressure on on people especially in new south wales trying to de-stock and get rid of lambs uh, as their you know feed and water ran out we don't have that in fact we have the opposite and I know we've, we've been watching these merino land prices for a little while and they've softened a bit on Auctions Plus over the last month, probably because of some of the issues you've talked about. So in a funny way, if, if we did have more processor issues, perhaps these lambs become even more affordable and look like a better deal going forward, Angus. Uh, yeah, that's right. Like if, if the um, trade land price starts to fall, then that 
uh, generally means that store land prices will go with it. So, yeah, as you say, if, if there starts to be some issues there, they might get cheaper. And if you're prepared to, to hold them until you can get a price that you're happy with, and it might be not till autumn next year, but um, then, yeah, they might become, become a better trade if you've got got feed in front of you um, or the capacity to, to grain feed them um, do something along those lines. Yeah, I think um, I think one of the things that's giving us a bit of confidence is that even though there are concerns, whether you're talking about global concerns or you're talking about domestic processing concerns, you know, the price has held up very, very strong despite all those concerns. So, you know, we can step back and say, well, that tells us that demand's pretty good, I think. Oh, yeah, and yeah, you're exactly right. I think um, every time we look at the US market, it's it's stronger and you know, lambs are expensive there and, and they're looking for meat. Um, that might change as they come into winter. You know, the, we do know that their demand for red meat falls when they're not in grilling season. So, um, but having said that, they don't, you know, there's not many lambs in the U S and they're starting to get a taste for the fish, lamb and sheep meat. So it's um, that side of it's a good news story. If um, yeah, if we can, if, you know, get the get the lambs processed and and into the US. And I mean, that's another fact we haven't talked about today is the freight issues, and that's affecting every every commodity market at the moment. Yeah, that's right. So um, I think you're right about you know we got tight supply, and and that's tight all around the world for for red meat protein, but especially sheep and lamb, and we've got a growing demand. So I'm thinking Angus up on the farm where you are, you've got a lot of you always had a lot of sheep. I'm pretty sure you've probably still got a lot of sheep. Um, does this push the focus of, of sheep farmers more and more towards meat production again? Or, you know, is the balance of keeping the merinos going, um, you know, still attractive? Oh, I think, um, you know, Andrew Woods was, we were talking the other day and he was saying, yeah, in areas like where we are, which southwest Victoria, there's been, you know, there's been a marked shift from merino, out of merinos and into, into crossbreds. Um, but areas where crossbreds aren't really suited, uh, yeah, the merino flock will be growing, I think, um, yeah, up in yeah, New South Wales and, and the Riverina. Um, so, but having said that, they are getting a meat focus in those merinos. So there's more people looking for those those meatier, faster growing merinos and going to that that side of it. And um, you know, the wool job's pretty good. Some fine wool's really good, but it's um, yeah, when you yeah, you look at those table, the yeah, the table head in the market, um in doing that merino lamb trade, you know, most of your money comes from the meat, not from the wool. So that's sort of I think that's probably a, in across all merino flocks, that's sort of becoming more of a focus is trying to get sheep that grow faster and produce more meat. Yeah, and I think that's telling a story. And you did touch on it before that one of the challenges with with looking at these merino where the lambs that's perhaps not a positive is that you've got to shear them. Um, although I guess anyone trading lambs would be expecting to shear them, but it's probably a bit easier to get someone to come in and shear a, uh, a crossy lamb than a merino lamb. Are you, you noticing any, any of those challenges in your area, Angus, or is it still, you know, pretty well able to get sheep and shorn when you need to get them shorn? Uh, there are some stories around last year, not so much down here. I mean, down, you know, people being a month or two months late, getting shearers, but not not to the extent they were doing what was happening in New South Wales where 
you know, the three or four months late and, and having, you know, coming into summer with fly issues and all those sorts of things. Um, down here, it's been okay, but as I say, there's, there's a lot of crossbred sheep down here, so the shearers don't mind being here and they will do... Um, uh, they will do the merinos, so it's um, which is good. But it's yeah, it's this summer will be interesting again with what's happening with COVID and border restrictions and all those sort of things as we we come into um, you know, probably coming coming into peak shearing time over the next two months down here. So hopefully the shearers are here. Well, Angus, we always appreciate your um, your insights that you provide to us on Mercado on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, and this article. Is sort of, um, I think you've built a bit of a reputation for as a for, for keeping an eye on this opportunity, and uh, you probably started off the analysis on these merino weather lambs. So well done. Um, we also uh, think it's it's very valuable to um, be able to tap into your in, and talk to you, you know, from a farming background because it's it's about linking all this into the business. So thanks very much, Angus. All the best. Good luck with. Um, you got the kids in the background and the building going on. So good luck with all of that. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. No problem. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Commodity Conversations. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it around with your network and leave us a review or rating on your podcast platform of choice. Until next time, have a great week.